Welcome back, everybody, to the Skewered Universe podcast. I know you have missed my lovely, lovely voice. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room. I know this was supposed to be first watch February with a lot of content coming your way, but between me getting sick and some other things thrown in the way, it just kind of got shifted. So we'll get you a couple episodes. We're starting now. But after this, smooth sailing. Content, content, content coming your way. <laughs> I have to thank my co-host who is here laughing, Leanne, for that. Suck a dick. Yes, her. That's my new, new catchphrase. catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome back. This is the first uh, episode of First Watch February. It's coming to you on the 26th of February, so close to the end of the month. But we're getting you something. We're going to talk about a movie that I had never seen all the way through. Because and, it's first watch February. Yeah, Leanne had seen it, and we decided, what the hell, it'd be a good good movie to throw into the mix. First, though, I want to talk a little bit about... We've been going through <laughs> the seasons of Cheers recently. Yes. And it, it's been a fun watch. I think we're nearing the final season. Which is kind of weird because we've powered through it so quickly, like over the last few months. Uh, well, I, I mean, I mean, we did take a break for a little bit. But... We don't really binge, but if we can't think of anything else to watch, we'll put on Cheers, and I like it because I grew up watching Cheers. It's nostalgic, right? Exactly. But now that we're watching it as full-fledged adults. It still holds up. The humor is on point. Yeah, because stuff we may not have got as kids, now we're like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally get it. Totally get it. It's it's a, it's a really great show. If you haven't seen it or you haven't gone back to it, uh, I, I recommend you do. It's been fun. There's nothing really that you can say is like, oh, that's dated or... I mean, there's no cell phones or anything like that, but I kind of like it because it gives it this timeless kind of feel. One of the things I really like about it is that it's, you know, based in a bar. The customers are constantly drinking. Mm -hmm. um, Sam Malone has an issue with his uh, alcoholism. Um, but they never let customers drive home while intoxicated. They constantly make references to, are you going to get a ride home? Or here, so-and-so can take you home. You know, yeah, things like that. There's always been references to, oh, let me, I'll call you a cab or something. Yep. The modern day equivalent, for those of you who don't understand what a cab is, would be an Uber or a Lyft, you <laughs> stupid fuck. And I've just alienated a portion of the audience, but I don't care. If someone doesn't care. know what a cab is. If they don't know what a taxi cab is, I'm like... Uh... So we've been doing that. I've been playing... A lot of Spider-Man on the PS4. Yeah, you've been you've been really getting <laughs> into it. Almost through the main story, but I'm trying to do the little side missions to unlock more of the suits and abilities. And it's tedious. I'm probably just going to go ahead and try and finish off the main story at some point, and then go back through and do all the other stuff. Well, because you're getting all your bonuses now, you're doing all your side stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm like 76% of the way, I think, through the main story. Which means I, I think I have two big events to play through. And then that'll be it. But the final fight will unlock one of the suits, because he builds a special suit to fight Doc Ock. 
I already know this because I watched a playthrough of the game to know what to expect, but it's still fun to experience it myself. Yeah, it's been fun. I went back into GTA for a little bit, um, but because I have no one to go and play with, as my buddy Eddie's PS4 is dead, so he can only play it on Xbox, and his son Devin, when he's on, he's been playing story mode. <coughs> Excuse me. And I haven't been like, hey, want to try and get into an online session? Because if he's in the middle of something, I'm not trying to... You know, if we happen to be on at the same time and we want to play, we'll play. If not, so be it. I'll just do races and finally get that minigun at 100, at level 100. Yes, I'm not at a level 100 yet. Shut up. <laughs> just so we're clear, you're talking to the audience, not me. Yes, to the audience, not you. I just made level 96 the other day, so ha ha ha. For a game that's been out since, oh god, when did it come out? 2010? I don't know. 2013? I don't know. I could look it up, but you know what? I don't feel like it. Anyway, what about you? What's been anything new with you that you want to share? Uh, do I? Am I? I don't know if there's anything that you've watched so. maybe on the side that I haven't that you want to talk about or... Um, I did not prepare for this, so it's all right. let's just say no. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> been going back through Big Mouth, too, and watching that on occasion. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's one of those you can just throw on and be like, okay. Mm hmm yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Aside from the personal stuff that's been going on that we've kind of been dealing with, oh, and so illness, much personal stuff. We're not going to get into it. We're just going to say that's what kind of put a temporary hiatus on the show. But we're back, bitches. Well, they say when it rains, it pours. <clears throat> that's that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, yeah. Good Torrential times. downpour, <laughs> yeah. but the clouds shall part and the sun shall shine again. <laughs> dun dun dun. Yes. So, <clears throat> let's just get right into the meat of the show. So, on this first episode, coming to you late ag again, <laughs> of First Watch February, Leanne had me watch the Saturday, Li Saturday Night Live skit-inspired film from 1998, A Night at the Roxbury, starring yes. Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan. And so many others. And uh, so many other people. It was fun. I had a good time watching it. I had, Like I said, I had never seen it all the way through. I had seen bits and pieces, started it a couple of times and never finished. You weren't really, you said you weren't really interested. You're like, I tried watching it. I couldn't really get into it. Yeah, every time I tried to watch it, I was just like, you know, I'm not feeling it right now. And then I'd go watch something else, probably something with decapitations and head explosions. Who knows? Because, you know, that's always fun. So basically, it is the story of Steve and Doug Butabi, <laughs> whose Our... entire lives... <laughs> you guys brothers? No. Yes. yes. <laughs> I will say, as many times as they played that joke in the movie, it didn't really get old for me. Because no. even though I knew it was coming, I'm like, this is the <laughs> highlight of their time to do this. <laughs> And it all revolves around them just going to clubs, trying to get into the Roxbury, and then wanting to open their own club. Mm -hmm. Where the outside is on the inside, and the inside, inside is, is on, on the outside. outside. And it's... 
It is not a great movie by any means. It's dumb as fuck. It is what you expect from any one of those Saturday Night Live skits adapted to a movie like The Ladies Man. Yeah. I will say, the highest point of all of those, for me, is Wayne's World. Does that seem to have more to it than just two guys who are in a club bobbing their heads to right. the Hathaway song? Yeah. You know. Or The Ladies Man just like... <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> that no, song is forever in my head just from that skit alone <laughs> seeing those <laughs> clips I, could, I, I love that song <laughs> I was <laughs> I wasn't blown away by the movie by any means but it was exactly what I was expecting ridiculous stupid humor and kind of a ridiculous story at the same time yeah i mean they're trying to they want to open a club and i don't remember who which character was who here i have the imdb up in case you need it uh, doug played by chris Catan, was the one who's always like we don't need to work a dead shop we can open our club and will ferrell's character steve was the more dumb one even though they're both pretty dense will ferrell played the dumber of the two Chris Chris Kattan was kind of like the leader of the two. Yeah. The obnoxious little leader trying to get things going like, we don't need dad's fl silk flower shop. And the dad was trying oh, well, to how get... Oh, how long do they last? <laughs> oh, well, forever. <laughs> They're made of silk. They'll never die. They'll never die. <laughs> the he goes into that and he's like... <laughs> Just this dark, depressed <laughs> monologue about flowers. Like, holy shit. Molly Shannon is pretty funny in that movie. Yeah, she plays... Really? She, she's right. She's not... The she's thing further is, down in yeah, the cast list. Yeah. And she's not exactly... So, so Hot Girl is number third on the list. Yeah. Then there's Porsche Girl, Porsche Girl, Security Guard, Security Guard... Hottie Cop, which makes two appearances? <laughs> yep. Yeah, so she's further down. The she's not even listed in the top. Yeah, I'm still scrolling and I've yet to see Molly Shannon. I'm like, how did she get so far down? She's pretty funny. She's though. not in the list. That's interesting. I'm not seeing her in the list at all. So I don't remember her character's name, but she's playing essentially the daughter of the lamp shop owner who has a big time crush on Will Ferrell's character. Basically, she's the daughter of the guy that owns the shop next door who's the fake flower yeah. shop. Oh, here she is. Emily Sanderson. Yeah. I scrolled right past her. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Kattan's character idiot. absolutely hates her. Hates her with a passion. <laughs> but loves calling the credit card authorization girl. He loves that, yeah. He loves For her. no reason whatsoever other mm -hmm. than he has no idea how to process a credit card. So there's there's two like plot points to this movie essentially. The brothers Doug and Steve want to open a club. Their dad wants Steve to marry the daughter of the lamp shop owner so they can open this lamp and silk shop, <laughs> silk plant shop. <laughs> This massive one-stop shop for everything. It's like, uh -huh. nobody would fucking go there. <laughs> but hey, what do I know? So that's that's the two like conflicting points of the movie. And I just want to say, real quick, can I give a shout-out to Michael Clark Duncan as the bouncer of the Roxbury? 
Sure. I he was he's a jerk perfectly cast. Uh, but he passed away not too long ago. So. Did he? Yeah. Well, he, and he was I, in one of my favorite movies, The Green Mile, and he was very good. Yeah, he's a good actor. I didn't know if he was a dick in real life, but... You know, that's just what I heard. Because he... I One of the shows I used to watch all the time was um, Celebrity Rehab. Or what is it called? Fuck, is that what it's called? Yeah, with Dr. Trupinski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they had, like, a barbecue once, and he showed up, and... I think they were talking about the fact that he was, wasn't that great of a guy or something. I don't remember where I heard it. Maybe he just had a low tolerance for putting up with people's bullshit when they're addicts. I don't know. He's hanging out with addicts. What yeah. do you expect? Anyway. I have no idea topic. about his personal life. I just know I enjoy <laughs> watching him show up in movies. and It's it's a little sad when you see him. You're like, oh, he's not with us anymore. He just, to me, he always seemed like he was just a big lovable guy, but... Maybe he wasn't. We don't know. Maybe I made it up in my head. Who knows? I can't do that. It could happen. <laughs> I'm looking at the trivia for the movie, and I, I'm surprised they're... All of the trivia bits are kind of long. I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah, sometimes... And the problem... One of the problems with IMDb that I have is when you go into the trivia for a film... Three of the entries say the exact same thing. Yeah. Just with different wording. Mm hmm This the people of this film enjoyed doing blah 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 blah. And then you go down twelve entries and they're like, Well, on this film, the cast enjoyed to blah 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 blah. That's the exact same thing I already heard. One thing it does say is Jim Carrey contributed to the script but was uncredited. That makes sense. That would make sense. I wonder what parts he wrote. Probably a lot more than we're aware of. Probably. Because that was just right around the time of the two Ace Ventura films and The Mask, those coming out just a couple of years before that. So it makes sense. He was in the heyday of doing the ridiculous kind of slapstick comedy stuff that I I love. Yeah. And and I do enjoy this on the same level. Not Well, not at the same level of like an Ace Ventura, but it's still in that tier. Like, I can just throw it on, shut my brain off, and watch a ridiculous comedy of these two guys trying to open their club and just the follies of them trying to be professional businessmen to go into a meeting. And the thing is, like, watching, the, like, their, their moves, they've got, they've got these moves, right? Like, they got slick lines, and they know exactly what to say. They got these really good <laughs> quips. But then when it comes down to it, these two chicks that are hitting on them because they think they're rich... They're basically throwing themselves at them, and they freak out because they don't know what to do. They've never gotten that far. Yeah. <laughs> they like, keep telling the same story about Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Emilio! Emilio! <laughs> Mighty Duck made himself. A chick is naked, throwing herself at him. He's like, yes, it's one time. He was talking in the phone booth, and we were like, Emilio! <laughs> It's so funny because uh, Doug, Chris Kattan's character, was like still throwing out lines nervously. She's like, we're past the lines now. And then she throws one back at him. And he's just like, uh, what? You can see his brain like short. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh. <clears throat> and <sighs> then not long after that, they both get laid for the first time. <laughs> but then they get back home and they were way more excited about what was it? Oh, there was something else, and they were more ecstatic about that than getting laid. Well, because they met the club owner. 
That's what they got into the Roxbury, met the club owner, and the club owner thinks everybody's trying to touch his ass. (laughs) Did you grab my ass? Sir, it is physically impossible for me to have grabbed your ass from all the way over here. (laughs) Ah, Colin Quinn is Dewey. Sir, (laughs) Dewey is on the phone from out of the country. He says he did not grab your ass. (laughs) And then the club owner's like, what is he into now? (laughs) What's he trying to pull? (laughs) What's he trying to pull? It's like, oh my god. (laughs) Chaz Palminteri as the club owner was just brilliant. He's brilliant because he's kind of like clueless. He's one of those weirdos. So let's talk about Richard Grieco. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) The guy who these two aspire to be on some level. Because he's apparently so cool. Because he was on 21 Jump Street for a couple of seasons before it got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wait, I I apologize. He also had the spinoff show Booker that came from his character being on 21 Jump Street. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think lasted much much longer after. (laughs) I think it was a couple of seasons and then it was gone. Yeah. I haven't seen this guy do anything. So when I saw him in that, I was like, this is probably the last thing he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. And man, he was holding on to that hairline. <laughs> he had his hair spiked up and all quaffed perfectly from like 21 Jump Street. I'm like, oh. But in the, in the end, he turns out to be, you know, this this really wise mentor. <laughs> yeah, to he's the, the guy dad. with the sage advice to the dad. <laughs> like, maybe you're just angry at yourself. You're trying to control yourself instead of your son. Like, Blah, blah, blah. You need to let them do their own things. And they just keep talking to him. Every time they address him, it's Richard Grieco, thank you. Like, <laughs> they always have to say his full name. What are you name. doing here? <laughs> I just don't want to get a lawsuit. He's <laughs> so worried after he smashed into the rear end of the flower van yeah. that he was going to get sued. And they're just like, oh my God, it's Richard Grieco. Can you get us into the Roxbury? Yeah, sure. Why not? And he gets him in. He's like, that's all I got to do. And I'm going to avoid having a lawsuit. Perfect. And in the <laughs> end, they wind up getting a club where the outside is on the inside and the inside is on the outside. Yeah, because the owner of the of the Roxbury. He was trying to get a hold of trying these Trying to get a hold of the whole time. And Dewey was essentially cock-blocking yep. their business proposal. Yeah. but the, So then the owner winds up opening this whole new club. And the guys are like, hey. They stole our idea. They went in pissed. And then they walk up to the guy, the the guy with the list, and they're like, I think they were trying to get in. They're like, well, probably not on the list. He's like, what's your name? He checks. He goes, yeah, you're on the list. You can go in. And they're like, uh, what? Because they've never been on any list ever. (laughs) So they go in. They end up running into the club owner. He's like, how do you like our club? And they're like, our Our club? club? (laughs) And then it's the happy ending. And then a big another choreographed dance number which is one thing about movies that have club scenes Mm -hmm. like I've only been to one club and I sat down the whole night drinking because I didn't want to deal with the bullshit (laughs) wasn't my scene but I've always wondered like do people actually go there with choreographed dance routines to do in the (laughs) middle of the floor because it seems to happen a lot in the movies I'm wondering is there any ounce of truth to this or is it just something Hollywood made up to get people to watch I did think of another movie that we recently watched. What's that? But I don't I don't remember if it was the first time for you. Earth Girls Are Easy? No, I've seen it a couple of times. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. Sorry. I've seen that one a couple of times. I used to watch it on TV back in the day. It used to be on like one of the local stations. Oh, I'd only seen it once. But whatever. Yeah, I'd seen it a couple of times, and every time I watch it, I forget that there's musical bits. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah, I forgot how much I love that movie. <laughs> 
Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. But as an alien, but still Jeff Goldblum but, because he's is an alien. It, he just might be an alien. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, Night at the Roxbury was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you wound up liking it. Yeah, because I wasn't sure. I'm I like, kept looking over and you kept laughing at stuff. I'm like, yes. <laughs> well, for me, it's hard to not laugh at Will Ferrell because I enjoy his comedy. And mm -hmm. I know there's a ton of people who are like, oh, so Will Ferrell, he's not funny anymore. I get it. Jim Carrey had the same thing, but it never fell off for me. I'd always go back and watch those. Like, I could put on Anchorman right now and watch it twice and still find everything hilarious. I'll find something else to do. I'll read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried so hard to like Anchorman and I can't do it. But it has Paul Rudd as well yeah. as Brian Fantana. It doesn't make it interesting for me. He's the man on the street. He wears Sex Panther cologne, goddammit. Has bits of real panther in it. 60% of the time, it works every time. Yeah, circling back, I, I enjoy Will Ferrell. So it wasn't hard for me to like this. I've I've never been a huge fan of Chris Kattan stuff. Like, I saw Corky Romano, I went, one time's enough for me. When, when he was on Saturday Night Live, I kind of had a little crush on him, just because he's a little weirdo, and I like, <laughs> I like little weirdos. Like, mango. Oh, can't touch the mango. I did enjoy those. I went and saw those because I wasn't watching Saturday Night Live at the time. I said touch the mango, but I can't have the mango. I'm sure we all knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched those clips online on YouTube of him doing mango. I'm like, okay, okay, that's funny. And I laughed, but there wasn't a whole lot that he did that I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, he's kind of hit or miss. Yeah. Will Ferrell has never been a miss for me. Like, you know, I'll put on Step Brothers, whatever. Mm -hmm. But that's just the awesome pairing of him and John C. Riley that wins me over every time. Of course. Yeah, Night at the Roxbury was fun. I'm I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. It's definitely one I'll watch again. Yeah. It's not highbrow by any means, but no. it's an SNL skit turned into a live action film. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to go on with mo the majority of those, so it is what it is. Yeah. They expanded the story a bit. It's like. Okay, you, you went the logical route with what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the ladies' man. Like, the skit on Saturday Night Live was only ever, oh, he's a late-night talk show host on the radio who makes sexual innuendos. What do we do with that? And they expanded that, and I'm like, okay. Again, not highbrow, not a great movie, but I enjoy it. Night at the Roxbury is right up there with that. They're well below Wayne's World, but I think that hit at a time when that was just, like, the perfect storm of being able to adapt that skit into a film and release it. Yeah. Wine's World 2? Eh. I don't really go back to that one. But this one definitely will be in the rotation for me. So I'm glad you brought it to the table for First Watch February. Yay! <laughs> Is there anything interesting in the trivia, or did you move on to something there, else? I, some of the paragraphs were just too lengthy, and I don't have the attention span to read it. Let me see if there's anything, because I still have it up here with the cast listing. It's because I'm interested if there's anything like, Richard Rico was a major dick on the set. <laughs> ah, the dance routine Doug and Steve perform with Camby and Vivica at their first night at the Roxbury is the same as the one Vinny and Barney and two ladies perform in the club scene in My Blue Heaven. 
Huh. Never heard of that. Uh, Steve Martin and Rick Moranis. Uh, oh. Steve Martin is... I believe My Blue Heaven was based on Henry Hill, which was also the character that Goodfellas was based on. Mm. So, if I remember, Steve Martin is like in witness protection at the time, and Rick Moranis is the agent assigned to watch him. And he keeps... I haven't seen the movie in a long, long time. I think I watched it once with my parents, and I haven't gone back to it. Ava Mendez's first cinematic appearance. I remember seeing her, and I was like, hey, I saw her in Too Fast, Too Furious and Ghost Rider. wonder what happened to her career. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the Cheers reference. Oh. <laughs> because the dad was... On Cheers. Yes, the dad, played by, if I can pull up the cast listing again, because I'd never remember the actor's name, but it's like, oh, that guy. Yeah. Oh, where is he? Yeah, he played on Dan Cheers. Dan Hedaya. Yeah, he, he played... He was uh, Nick Tortelli on Cheers, yeah. Carla's first husband. Yeah. And then, in a scene at the house, Molly Shannon is singing the opening theme from Cheers. <laughs> And I was, I had to pause it and laugh. So I was like, okay, that that is an awesome little reference going back to him playing Nick on Cheers. Yeah. Way back when. That was. It was a pretty nice. Dan Hedaya also in the Adams Family. He was in the first one. Oh, that's right. He was, was it Tully, the attorney who was ended up trying to screw screw them over with the crazy bitch and Fester, who they were saying wasn't Fester but turned out to really be Fester. Anyway, that's another movie for another time. <laughs> Yeah, the Cheers reference was pretty awesome. So I'm going back to the trivia again. Yes, I'm Googling while podcasting. You deal with it. So let's see. Yeah, here it is. In one scene, Kamel Butabi, Dan Hedaya, and friends are listening to Molly Shan or Emily, Molly Shannon, play the piano. She was sing playing the song where everybody knows your name, the theme song from Cheers. Hedaya <laughs> played Nick Tortelli on the show from 84 to 87. And let me just note, you guys can't see it, but in the background, we have Cheers paused on our TV yes, right now. Yes, we, we actually do. <laughs> Season 9, Episode 14, Days of Wine and Neurosis. Yeah. That's Let's funny. See. Oh. Looking to see if there is any... The CD that can be seen in the CD player above Doug's bed when Steve tries to wake him up is the album Pop by U2. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> when they tried to, dri tried to bribe the bouncer at the door at the Roxbury. <laughs> the trivia says it was $8.25 that they were trying to bribe him with. It's like... You two have these obviously really expensive suits, yet you have no cash. None whatsoever. You have $8.25 between the two of you. I'm assuming they didn't get their allowance for the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since they both lived at home with their dad still. Well, both, well, both their, their parents, parents. Because Lonnie Anderson plays their mom. Very true. I did forget about that. Who they? Uh, there was a weird 
vibe between the two of them where there seemed to be sexual tension between the two brothers sometimes. Okay. Like very homoerotic it's play. It's totally homoerotic, like between brothers. They're in love with each other. <laughs> I'm and, sure. And then there's the scene where Steve is trying to wake up Doug by sticking the licorice in his mouth. Yeah. And then up his nose and then goes to eat it. He goes, dude, that was up my nose. But then he had already started he's chewing like, on it. So he just puts it right back in yeah, his he just mouth. Goes, eh, and just keeps eating. I'm like, <laughs> well, it was already in his like, mouth. Well, just you already started it. chewing on it. So you already got the boogers going. You might as well keep going. <laughs> so many, it's, it's a visual gag movie for the most part. But, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say it's a recommend. If you haven't seen it, see it. If you haven't seen it in a long time, give it another watch. It was definitely a fun time for me. Yeah, same here. That was it was a good movie night. Yeah, it really was. So I'm not sure what else we could talk about. That was sort of the main Yeah, it really was. Part of the show. It went kind of quick because we didn't really have a whole lot of the plot, but there's not really it's not an in-depth movie. No. It's nothing to really dive into. I do I do have something I want to address here. Next week, I'm going to be recording an episode of the podcast with a guest. Mm. Uh, the host of another podcast, and I'm not going to give details right now, but we're going to be covering a movie that I haven't seen. One that he has seen before and has said he's enjoyed the humor in it that's going to be recorded next week and we're going to release that so we've been trying to put this together for a while and we're finally next week we're going to sit down and record the episode and you can't give any hints as to what the movie might be uh, the movie is return of the killer tomatoes nice but i don't want to wasn't there Talk a, about who it is that's coming a, on the, the show. First, wasn't there a first one, Killer Tomatoes? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. We watched oh, so it. The, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rid- Ridiculous and fun and just stupid. Yeah, as silly as it gets. Yeah, and I think the second one they said is even more over the top. And it's got George Clooney. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This is my first... Uh, guest from another podcast coming on because as you know towards the beginning of this show happening I interviewed Tony Wash from Scotchworthy Productions. That was a cool interview. And I haven't done anything else except appear on this person's podcast right. last around Halloween time last year to help with the fundraiser he was doing. So I'm excited to have him come to Skewered Universe and we can kind of put something together that way and kind of have that revolving door open so I can go on his show he can come back here anytime. I'll give more details once we uh, get everything nailed down 100%, but it's kind of a little teaser. Return of the Killer Tomatoes, and I get a special guest host. And I'm going to throw out some of these uh, slash card trivia questions. I know, I'm going through them. Towards the end of the show. And I'm trying we'll to find some, some good ones that will really... <laughs> really make, stump me. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm going for, because last time you were just boom, boom, boom. I think you, you missed one. Yeah, there was probably one that I missed, but... I think it was the body count of kills in a yeah. movie. Yeah. So, to wrap up, yes, Night at the Roxbury, definitely uh, something you should check out. Excited to have a guest host coming on for Return of the Killer Tomatoes next week, and we'll get that. I'll get that edited and put out not long after we record it. 
That way you guys will have that to listen to. And it's it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. And then the majority of March, I think, is going to be picks you bring to the table. Yeah. And I'm because it's thinking, your birthday month. I kind of... So you're totally into movies. Yep. I'm totally into music. So maybe... Bridge the gap. Yeah, bridge the gap and talk about movies that I like that happen to either be musicals or have music themes or have musical artists starring in them. Who knows? But I think I'm going with the music theme. Yeah, movies with artists that you wouldn't think would be able to act strictly from a music genre coming in. Yeah. I'm not saying we have to watch 8 Mile, but that was the first one that popped into my head. Because I do was like, like that movie. <laughs> there was like, Eminem, he can act? I'm like... He basically played himself, but yeah, he can also act. He yeah. wasn't bad in the movie at all. Yeah, that's one of the movies that I listen but. to at work, because there's a website called listentoamovie.com. Um, don't listen to Ever After, because it is broken. <laughs> you can only listen to, like, the first quarter of the movie. <laughs> and then it's done. Yeah, but that's one of... 8 Mile is one of the ones I listen to. That's cool. I've, I've checked it out a couple of times, that website, and... The only thing that bugs me is I can't listen to The Dark Knight because it's not on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people probably be like, why would you want to listen to The Dark Knight? Because uh, it's a great it's fucking awesome. movie. And listening to Heath Ledger's performance is just as good as watching it. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> He's still one of the best portrayals of the Joker. One of these days, on one of these episodes, you're going to have to rank your favorite Jokers. Oh, that's going to be... Yeah, Not I'm now, because that work. will be extensive. <laughs> I'll have to put in some work, because after seeing Joker, and then knowing the portrayal from Suicide Squad, the 60s TV show, the animated series, yeah. the 89 movie, there's, there's <laughs> a lot to decipher through all of that. Yeah, that's going to be... I actually should have had that ready to do when we talked a little bit about Joker on one of the last episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, but, you know what? That's a whole whole different episode. That is enough content for one full episode. Oh, yeah, because we can do other things. We can rank other things. And, yes, we're brainstorming live during the podcast. This is what you get, people. This is what you get. So, moving on, I think we're going to do our little wrap-up portion here. Slightly shorter episode than normal, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. We normally go an hour. We're a little bit under that right now, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Some people may like the shorter episode. Good for you. <laughs> oh. Good for you. <laughs> I didn't mean for that to sound so condescending, but if you like the shorter episodes, cool. I'm glad you do. I'll also be putting out an episode of Transmissions soon talking about another movie that was going to be on the docket for First Watch February, but it got bumped because of all the other issues we talked about, me coming down with the flu and all that stuff. Yeah. So I'll release that. It'll be on the Netflix original movie In the Tall Grass, an adaptation of a Stephen King and Joe Hill novella. So that'll be pretty, pretty fun. I'll give a quick rundown of my thoughts on that. And that's... That's pretty much the main portion of the show here. So I think if you're ready, we can dive into the little uh, trivia segment for the end here. Sure, it's three, right? Three questions? Five questions. Five questions. Ooh, oh, I've got yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Are you ready? I'm ready. These are from the game Slash Cards, by the way, if anyone is curious. And just a heads up, don't ever play him, <laughs> because he will win. Okay, question number one. All right. <laughs> In Children of the Corn, 1984, which Stephen King book is clearly visible on the dashboard of Bert and Vicky's car at the start of the film? I believe it's Salem's Lot. No. You are incorrect. It is Night Shift, which, Night includes, Shift. which includes the short story of Children of the Corn. Yeah. Yep. yep, yep wow. Yep. You're not off to a very once good you, start. Once you said Night Shift, I was like, damn it, that's right. Okay. You might know this one. How many people die in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974? Three. No. Damn. Five. Five. Damn. Okay, number three. Scream, 1996, takes place in what fictional U.S. town? It takes place in... Something Wood. I'm drawing a blank. My brain wants to go to Springwood, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street. Woodsboro, California. Woodsboro. I knew Wood was in the name. Yeah, well, Man, you got it half I am, right. I am 0 for 3. <laughs> See, I'm not always going to win. Um, uh, oops. I grabbed this one, but I don't think I picked the question. Um, okay. In what year was Werner Herzog's... Did I say that right? Mm -hmm. Nosferatu the Vampire released... Was seventy nine? Correct. Starring Klaus Kinski, by the way. <laughs> uh, let's see. What is the name of the steamboat chartered by the scientists in Creature from the Black Lagoon, nineteen fifty four? Oh, I have no idea. I've not seen Creature from the Black Lagoon. Make no. a note, folks. That is something we will need to watch. The answer is the Rita. The Rita. Okay, I got one out of five. <laughs> well, that is one a horrible and a half. showing. One and a half. It's a horrible showing, but <laughs> I knew Woodsboro, but for some reason in my head I wanted to say Springwood, and I think that dives into the Wes Craven connection since he directed Scream and he directed Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah, fun way to end the show. Yeah. So that'll be it for this episode. Keep an eye out for that. Return of the Killer Tomatoes episode coming next week with my special guest. That's so exciting. And a Transmissions episode will be coming out probably a few days after this gets released. Nice. So keep listening. And, you know, I think you all should hug your loved ones dearly and just enjoy this universe that's, well, skewered. Find the podcast at skewerduniversepodcast.podbean.com. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Search for Skewered Universe Podcast. Contact the show by emailing us at skewerduniversepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at skewerdu, Facebook at the Skewered Universe group page, and Instagram at skewered underscore universe. <laughs>